to the Back Chat Show, brought to you by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Goal Press. I am Jason Smith, and I am joined with by my good buddy Paul Ray. What's going on, Paul? Oh, you know, I've 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 climbed out from under the table just like the switchbacks. Yeah, yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, not far from uh, maybe like <laughs> not far under the table, maybe just like sitting on the little pedestal that the table's on. Yeah, yeah, um, hanging sort of sort of on one edge starting to starting to pull my knee up on top of the table i yeah i don't yeah. know <laughs> yeah yeah this uh we go into week 13 of the usl season normally a number associated with bad luck but hey you know this season up is down down is up left is right west is west and uh it was actually a bit of good luck for us um and, and you'll have to forgive us because, uh, as Paul and I were just discussing before the show, it's been over two months since we've done a, a, a podcast after we've won a game. So we're a little <laughs> bit rusty here. Um, Forgotten how to celebrate. Yeah, we don't like how to like look upon everything with uh, with a little bit rosier outlook. Um, so just to get to get caught up, if you're a casual Switchbacks fan. Um, coming into this week, uh, was we, it's, it's actually been kind of a tumultuous, uh, well, cu- tumultuous couple weeks, uh, in switch, switchback landia, um, switchback nation, switchback country. I don't think they've really christened what, what the, the fandom of, of the switch, switchbackistan, switchbackistan. Yes. <laughs> um, it's been, it's been a little more tumultuous than we've, we've, really seen i mean there's been some corners of uh the switchbacks fan base that has always taken uh you know we don't like trichu we want trichu to go uh present company included i know you've always uh been on the on the uh maybe we need a new coach i've been kind of a little less uh vehement about it but um <laughs> Let's just say that the voices became louder and louder and culminated in not only uh, Roland Vargas's preview uh, in a previous article, uh, in a previous game, uh, preview for a previous game, directly opening, uh, questioning Trichu about it, but a article on the USL, uh, on the USL page itself from USL Media, uh, John Arlia, who's one of the, uh, uh, one of the resident, um, writers there actually dedicated an entire article with an interview with Trichu about him getting fired uh, and if he should be fired. And um, it was actually quite eye-opening for me personally because I think it's the first time I've seen comments about Trichu being fired with any sort of... uh, logic behind it i mean i know you know we've in previous seasons whenever there's been a bad streak of games fire trichu and then i would talk to ownership uh and leadership in the front row and be like people are asking about fire trichu and they would like literally laugh in my face about it um but now that they were taking serious questions about it and he was having to uh answer serious questions about it i was kind of surprised at some of his responses um, I know we haven't talked since since the uh, the article came out, and I'm not really sure a lot of people kind of saw the article. It kind of flew under the radar, but for me, it was um, a little eye opening. Did you did you happen to read it? Um, no, I did not. I did not get a chance to read it, and I'm I'm curious about it now. Okay, well let me let me let me preface this. This was posted. Um, uh, the 31st, which would have been Friday. This was the Friday before the game at Fresno, uh, 9.08 p.m. So, I mean, if there was a Friday evening news dump, this would have been it. The headline was, As Pressure Mounts, Trichu Stays Cool. Um, subheadline, Switchback Struggle Has Caused Job Speculation, a situation also felt elsewhere in the championship. So... Um, Most of it's stuff that we already know. Uh, it's been a t- tough couple of months for the switchbacks. They won two of their first three games, and then they've uh, just picked up two points in the last nine contests uh, entering this weekend. Um, 
While the club currently poised to miss out on the postseason for third consecutive year, it comes as no surprise that the speculation around head coach Drew Titchu's job security has started to heighten. In fact, even the man who has led Colorado Springs since its inaugural season is brutally honest about the situation. So my first thought is, okay, in terms of media markets, I, I think we are probably the easiest media market for uh, a USL coach to be in. Um, you know, the the local newspaper, the Gazette, uh, we basically have Vinny, the beat writer, who does a great job. Um, but not exactly. He's going to be um, banging the drum. Um, and then there's like you and I, and then there's Mark who does his things with uh, last, last last word on soccer. Yeah, and uh, he really hasn't said much either. But there's been a lot of talk on Facebook and and Twitter, which um, I had always been under the impression that it was so above Trichu's pay grade to even bother reading what was on Facebook that it wondered if he really felt any true pressure um but uh this was his response to that was quote i've told them that if they need to make a change go ahead and make a change i do have two years left on my contract and just for me i can't worry about that there are people around here they just speculate they have no idea what this club is what the resources are and what we're about and i do and so it's just just a reality that I have to deal with. I can't worry about it if I'm going to get fired or what. And I've just got to keep going game to game and have the players prepared. So this is a little bit of different um, Trichu comment than, than, than we've kind of seen in the past. Or most coaches. I Most coaches in most sports that are, under, un, that are, that are on the hot seat, when confronted with it, will give a... Well, you know, that's really above my decision-making. I'm just going to concentrate on making sure this team's prepared and things will work out the way they need to work out. You know, generic answer like that. Um, I can legitimately tell, see him telling Nick, Ed, or James, uh, if they need to make a change, do it. But not quite in the way that quote came out. Yeah. Um. And I'm not sure it was it was even a serious. There there's been serious conversations about it. Um, I was I was lucky enough to uh, sit in on a meeting with with Nick and Brian uh, Crookham, the the general manager, uh, who I hope to get on uh, do an interview sometime in this next week or so. Uh, but the, Brian Crookham, the general manager for the Switchbacks and the uh, uh, director of player development for the Rapids, and um, they could not stop singing the praises of Trichu and the tremendous job he's done in the face of what he's been given to work with. So I think the I think the decision makers are aware that he's Trichu's doing the best he can with the crappy hand he's been dealt, um, and that's something that seems to be a theme for every one of Trichu's interviews. Uh, there are people around here; they just speculate. They have no idea what this club is what the resources are and what we're about and I do. Um, so these people around here, I, I, I gotta be honest, I kind of see that and I'm like, wait, wait, is he talking about me? Yeah. Yeah. That, that seems like a pretty, uh, a pretty obvious swipe at, uh, I mean, the very few people who even cover the team. I mean, is, are, are, is <laughs> it, I, cause I can count on one hand the, the, the amount of people who actually do any sort of coverage, um, and sort of, and I mean, I, I I hate to say that we're media, but you know, fan media, fan, you know, and it's like me, you, and Mark. I and, and then there's the, you know, people who comment on on stuff on Facebook, and you know, there's some people who believe one thing and some people who believe another, and they're very vocal, one way or the other. Um, but I was like, wow, you know, I mean, if he, if he, Steve, if you listen to the pro, the podcast, man, get reach out to me. I'll gladly have you on, man. I, 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 my personal belief is, yeah, I know he's been dealt a crappy hand. I mean, he's been given, he, the this whole thing with with the uh, with the Rapids was supposed to solve the problems that he had last year with maintaining a a deep roster, and it seems like it's just made the situation absolutely worse. So, uh, I feel you, dude. I mean, <laughs> um, and. and uh, 
you know, whether or not, and this is what I've told people privately too. Okay, you fire Trichu, and then what? Right? I mean, yeah. can, can you imagine the Reagans who are one of the 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 uh, slimmest pocketbooks in the USL Championship? They're not going to go out and make a splash um, higher. Um, I have a hard time seeing them them attracting a veteran coach who is going to be have any sort of appeal in seeing a team where the front office does not does does not do the basics in and and putting a not just a quality product out there but barely putting a product out there. Um, it kind of feels like like if if they're a jigsaw puzzle company. You get the feeling that their jigsaw puzzles will only be missing about a quarter of its parts, you know, the pieces. Um, so that that's kind of how the week started for, or the week got close to the game for me. It was like, wow, um, the two years left on the contract, uh, you never hear stuff like that, um, let alone have the USL publish it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I, they, don't, they don't like to say anything about contracts at all, ever. And... <laughs> and for me, that was like a, I've got two years left on my contract. Do what you will. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, well, and, and I, I've recently, you, you, you pointed out before I, that I've been critical of Trichu in the past. And, um, while I, I'm still critical of some of his game, game day decision-making as far as, uh, what substitutions to make and when? Um, I, I've been pretty well on the on the path uh, towards realizing that there's there's more blame to place in the front office and the the ownership than anything. Yeah, um, yeah. and uh, it's <laughs> that's a scenario that I'm familiar with uh, as a fan of uh, of some other teams that have had. Uh, bad ownership groups in in the past um and uh you know we 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 do we have we have a really crappy hand uh to give to to trichu um between one of the thinnest rosters in the league um i i i can only speculate on on the uh on what financial worth has been placed on the players that we do have. Um, I, I can't imagine the budget constraints that he's working with. I was hoping that the relationship with the Rapids would, um, would help alleviate some of that and give us some, give us some flexibility and, and, you know, a deeper, a deeper roster. But, and we were told it was, yeah. and, And that, that hasn't materialized. Um, and, and there are certain there are certain things that this ownership group does that just that make me give, give me kind of a sour taste in my mouth and, and kind of make me question their motives. Uh, we we've got we've got more sponsorships than we have players. Um, you know, we've got every corner every corner of the pitch has a different sponsor for corner kicks. Uh, the the scoreboard has a sponsor. It seems like they're they're more concerned with trying to turn a profit than they are with trying to have a successful sports franchise. Yeah, yeah. And that doesn't always work. Well, well let, let me. Let me... Uh, I, uh, before the OUSO, and I hesitate to bring this up because I I'm ninety percent sure that this information, this meeting that we had was meant to be distributed, you know, in a positive way to the fan base. Um, I've tried following up with Nick to confirm that, and he hasn't responded to me. Um, my wife was there at that meeting, and she says she remembers him specifically saying that, uh, you know, this would be a good way to communicate to the fans what our vision and our plan is. Um, so before the Open Cup game uh, against New- against FC Denver. Um, the Trailheads board was invited to sit down with Nick and and Crookham uh, to kind of discuss what was going to happen. Um, there was some ugliness uh, at a base camp involving 
um, uh, chants towards Clint Irwin about go back to the Rapids, put in Abe, um, which I got to say, not exactly the classiest thing or supportive thing for a supporter group to do. Um, Not exactly, you know, reason to disband the trailheads or kick people out of the stadium. But it was just, there was kind of a moment where they were like, okay, we need to sit down and talk. So Nick came in and he gave us a, a kind of a, uh, and if anyone listening has ever talked to Nick, knows that Nick has a whole spiel about the future of the club and their goals, and um, he wants to delight the fans. I, he says that a lot, and it drives me nuts because I hate that word, delight. Um, but um, one thing that he kept saying is that we have a plan, we have a goal, um and a lot of that is built around facilities, um, to which facilities, to anyone knows, the new stadium. So I came, without giving too much into, into the specifics, I came away from the meeting, and my wife came away, and the other Trailheads board members that were there kind of came away with the same feeling as, this season we're not going to have enough money to throw to the team because we have, we want to be able to save that for when we're in a better financial spot once we get the stadium squared away. Um, which kind of annoyed me because I knew that's what it was, but he was putting a very, very positive spin on it. And um, it's... It, it, none of the conversation was the idea of winning a championship brought up definitely not this season definitely not down the road the goal was to be the premier premier professional sports franchise in southern colorado to which me i was like well that's like me being the you know having the longest hair in my in my home you know (laughs) i don't have much competition um you know, we've got the remnants of the Sky Sox, which are the vibe now. The Rocky Mountain vibe. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, it's not that hard if your goals are so low to achieve. achieve. And it's good. You know, you set, I guess in one way, it set expectations low. But I was, I was hoping for, um, you know, we're working some things out. We had a we have a vision. That vision goes deep into you know the the twentieth into the twenties, and uh, to be able to compete and be in a position where we could legitimately become a contender for the the championship year in and year out. That wasn't said. What was said was, look, we've got a plan. Things turned sideways this year. We're not in a position to be able to throw money to correct it. We'll do what we can. The, you know, we've, we've got, um, you know, they've got players that, that they plan on bringing in this summer. Um, a couple local players from uh, the academy, the Air Force Academy. Um, you know, other players that the Rapids are looking to wheel and deal and bring in as part of other things. Uh, this was before the introduction of the defender, uh, Guadatabe, who was part of um, a trade that the Rapids had made. He was kind of like an afterthought, but when they made the trade, they made it with the, the specific thought of him coming down to the to the Springs to help us out. And um, so there's going to be players coming this summer. The roster is going to be in flux. We have been hit with call-ups and uh, our, uh, not only call-ups to the Rapids, but international call-ups. We've been unlucky with injuries. Um, but on the plus side, the Western Conference is as about is is parity. You know, you have five teams that are running the show, and then you have 13 teams that could win on any given Saturday. So. That's kind of where we're still coming into the game. And there was a lot of negative, uh, I don't even say negative, a lot of like just being down, um, feeling like this was going to be a lost season. We haven't won a game in a month. We've only scored one goal at home in a month. 
uh, to New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico's fans came in and thoroughly just took over our stadium, which was humiliating. So uh, in coming to town, now that we kind of got all that out of the way, that sets the scene for Fresno coming in to play us at home. Now, Fresno is one of those teams that's kind of been sneaking under the radar. Uh, coming into this game, they have only lost one game this season, and I believe they were ranked fourth, uh, third or fourth, in the, in the Western Conference. Um, they are a legit contender, and um, I, 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 it, it surprised me when I was looking at the stats before the game, like, oh, crap, Fresno's, Fresno's good. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. So it, it kind of made me nervous, wondering what we were going to be up against, what we were going to face. And um, Saturday night rolled around, and uh, let's kind of go with what we what we had. Um, bringing up the match center here, um, Widener Field. The the switchbacks seem to be going going with the four four two again. Um, this time with, with Mike Seth and Jordan Burt up front. Um, Andre Rawls again appeared in goal. Uh, the back line, uh, Ish Jome and Ibram Yaro out on the wings. And uh, Christopher Reeves and Abdul Guadabaye in, as the center backs. In the midfield, we had Saeed, Ronnie, Jordan, and Shane. And um, we had talked before last week about the 4-4-2 and kind of thought this might be a good a good setup for what we have right now. And um, for much of the first half, we seem to be dominating uh, the, the run of play. Yeah. And it, uh, it's, it certainly seemed that way. It's, it's funny. We, I know we joked about this in the past, but I'm fairly certain at this point that the only position Jordan Burt hasn't played for us this season is, uh, is goal goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, it, in the in the four four two, I wouldn't really put um, Jordan Burt in the the uh, flair player role off of Mike Seth, but uh, it it's kind of, it kind of looked like they basically put two center forwards up there who have the same sort of skill set, um, only with uh, Jordan Burt being a little bit more accurate passer and uh, recently at least a little bit more accurate shooter. Yeah. Um, but it, it seemed to work. It seemed that there was a little bit better hold-up play, and we were able to get a good chunk of possession in the first half. Um, it looked it looked pretty positive. Yeah. Well, and, and as game wore on, the average position, um, Mike Seth ended up being playing out 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 in the front with his back towards goal, dishing it out to. Uh, Bert, Saeed, and Shane, who had kind of settled in uh, three wide uh, of him facing the goal. Uh, and they had uh, Jordan kind of, Jordan uh, Schweitzer, kind of sitting back in the, in the defensive mid with Ronnie Argetta uh, pushing up forward, which traditionally Ronnie's been in that, been the defensive uh, midfielder. Uh, so, but I, I think, I think it was working great. You know, Ish Jome was running it upside. Yarrow seemed to stay more at home, uh, on the right side, uh, than, than other wingers we've seen in the past. But, um, you know, throughout most of the first half, I don't think there was really many opportunities that Fresno had. Um, unfortunately I, I didn't take a screenshot of what the first half stats ended up looking like, but, um. I would say we definitely had the run of play, and we're finally rewarded a minute or seconds before the end of the first half when uh, Ishjom uh, sent in a corner kick, and Bert was right there at the near post and let it uh, glide off his head into the goal for the uh, for the score. Um, really, a great goal. I mean, it's nothing that's going to be a goal goal of the week contender but it was a very meat and potatoes how things how things you want to look type of goal are yeah yeah it was it was very much honestly i think very much the type of goal that we need to be getting more of um we we've traditionally not been a super great set piece team um 
so when we're able to get those get those uh, gritty goals off of corners or off of off of free kicks, things like that, um, it really it really helps, and it it helps to be to be seen as a threat in that way because it changes the way the defenders play and may set up opportunities for other players on the rebound if they you know they're if they're concerned about Jordan Burt getting a header. Um, maybe they double up on him and leave somebody unmarked. So mm-hmm. it's something that, you know, if we can, if we can get down and, and just start becoming a threat off of, uh, off of these set pieces, um, you know, I don't, I don't care if we have beautiful goals from open play. I just want goals. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care if they pinball around six times before they bounce in the back of the net. I don't care if we shoot it off of uh, one of their players. I don't care if it's an own goal. I just want goals. <laughs> yeah, like like <laughs> if 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 we can get the other teams to score three own goals every every game, I'll take that. Absolutely. If we need, if we need to ricochet a ball off the referee, that works for me. As long as we're we're winning, I think is what's really important and. You know, we, in previous years, we actually haven't been that bad of a set-piece team. Last year was, I think, one of our... I think most of our goals came from set-pieces. But we had, you know, a different set of players. You know, we had, obviously had Josh Suggs, who, uh, whose crossing ability and, and his corners were um, just just, per, just just out of this world. Um he, he, I think he still statistically leads the entire USL in uh, completed crosses and yeah. attempted crosses. Yeah. I think he'll lead that stat five years after he retires. Yeah. Um, but it was it, it, good to see Ishjom put a ball in where it was supposed to be. Uh, and it was good to see that at the end of the half, we went in with momentum. And um, for the first time in... I, I, a long time, we entered halftime with a with a lead, um, which might have been confusing. I don't know. Maybe we went to the wrong <laughs> locker room. But uh, second half came out, and uh, we while, while we didn't exactly dominate play, we didn't exactly turtle in in the final third either, which I was I was glad to see. Um, we. We we definitely put pressure on 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 the counters. Um, came up close several times to perhaps giving up a goal, but um, you know, looking at the final stats, Fresno did not have a single shot on target the entire game. Um, we we were up on them in just shots, 12 to six, uh, and that's that that that's good. Um, you know, that's that means that we're uh, our defenders are are playing good. That means that. Uh, shots on target means that Rawls is, uh, from a goalkeeping standpoint, uh, positioning himself in a position where there is no uh, open part of the goal and really cutting off the angles. Um, you know, it got a little hairy for me when uh, uh, Juan Pablo Caffa came in in the uh, uh, oh boy, in the 74th minute because he is. He's very dangerous, especially off the set pieces. Um, Absolutely. I believe his his previous, and I don't have this in front of me, and don't fact check me on it, but I thought I believe he's been with Tulsa for most of the Correct. the time, and Correct. he he has been one of those players that has just killed us. So, um, in fact, I'm pretty sure that game that we won on a on a forfeit technicality, I'm pretty sure he scored twice on us in that game, if I recall correctly. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, him coming, Historically, very good against the switchbacks. Yeah, yes, and uh, definitely made me nervous. Um, but uh, no, no joy was found. Um, there was, you know, our, our defense held, and um, you know we had 22 clearances to their 12. Um, Attack-wise, you know we. Uh, uh, you know they had three shots outside of the box um, of their six, so we weren't getting, letting them get inside at all. Um, their shooting accuracy was zero, which I mean, you give up the shutout, it's gonna be zero. Uh, but <laughs> well, I'm, we blocked a lot of shots as well. Yeah, we got we got bodies in there and uh, made it interesting. And uh, you know, C.J. Cochran made a lot a lot of decent saves for Fresno. Um, and, and, and but the game could easily we could have won it 
two to nothing, three to nothing. And I think had we been in a in a mental position, maybe a little more confidence, um, we might have been able to do, done that. It really felt like the final 15 minutes of the game was just a white knuckle roller coaster ride, praying and praying that we don't give up that goal. Um, and we never did. And hallelujah, walked away with a one nothing win. First time since March 23rd. Um, first time, it was like beer was still green back when we, we won last. Um, it was a week outside of St. Patrick's Day. And um, finally, June 1st, we, we get that, that monkey off our back. And, you know, we had, in the last podcast, it said multiple times, you know, this is, we, it may seem dark now, but it's not even summer yet. It's, it's not even the bulk of the season when things really start shaking out. And um, as I kind of jokingly said, we're undefeated in June. <laughs> yes. You know, the, these streaks have to start somewhere. And um, hopefully this is where our streak begins. Um, going into looking at the standings, and the standings are going to be a little bit off because there was, game, there was the Oklahoma City-New Mexico game last night, um, which if you're... If, which would have been a great game to watch had it not been played at the exact same time the men's national team was playing. <laughs> um, so I imagine that might have affected viewers a bit. Uh, that game ended in a 1-1 draw. Um, so right now, the Western table looks like uh, New Mexico United is sitting at the very top with 25 points and 14 games played. Uh, Portland Timbers 2 is uh, sitting behind them at 22 points with with two games in hand. Phoenix has two games in hand uh, with 20 points. And Fresno uh, is, is two games in hand over New Mexico, also sitting at 20 points. Uh, as well as Reno is, and as well as El Paso is. Oh crap! And uh, Oklahoma City is and sitting OKC. Yeah, literally, so... literally the the top seven, that the 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 top six beneath first place uh, could overtake first place with uh, with a good performance. Yeah. In, in fact, some of them already have like Phoenix already has the same goal differential as New Mexico, so they could overtake them. Uh, with a with a win, yeah, it's crazy how tight the top of the table is. Right now, we have moved above the bottom of the table. Um, glory, glory, hallelujah! Um, we're sitting at 11 points, and uh, to to give you an idea, uh, the 10th spot, LA Galaxy 2, uh, is sitting at 18 points, and so we're kind of sitting here now. Uh, 13 games into the season, which means we still have 21 games left to play and only seven points out of the final playoff spot. And between us and them is Tulsa, Sacramento, Rio Grande, Las Vegas, uh, Salt Lake City, uh, San Antonio. All teams that have not had good showings this year. San Antonio, we've already beaten once. Um, and below us is this week's opponent, um, which is Tacoma Defiance. I keep wanting to say Tacoma Defense, but it's the Defiance. <laughs> formerly, Tacoma wishes they had some defense. Yeah, uh, the, t- the team formerly known as the Seattle Sounders 2, um, Kind of off topic, I'm so glad to see these MLS2 teams uh, rebranding themselves based upon the communities that they're kind of moving into. Um, I imagine the Tacoma area would much rather enjoy a team that's a little bit better than what they're getting. Um, They come in with two wins, ten losses, three draws, with a negative 27 goal ratio. Um... Which, you know, we've done bad and we're at negative 10. So no matter how bad we've done, they've done much worse. And if there's ever a, a, a must-win game 
or a game that we should absolutely win, this is it. Um, I don't think there's really much more to say about it. Uh, I, they they have a they have an o six and one away record. Um, <laughs> we cannot be the team that gives them their first away win. Uh, we should be we should be handing them uh, an absolute beating. Um, absolutely should be destroying them. Um, we'll see what happens on, yeah. on game day, but. You know, attack-wise, they've played two more games than us, and they've only scored two more goals than we have. Um, shots on target, uh, they've taken less than we have. Um, although we we do we are one of the top teams on shots on target, even though our conversion rate is abysmal. Um, you know, shooting accuracy, we're at forty-nine or forty-two point nine percent. They're at forty-two point four percent. So. You know, it's close in that, but when you look at defense, um, they've conceded almost twice as many goals as we have. We've conceded 21 goals. They've conceded 40. Um, so there's a chance that we could we could get off the schneid. You know, we, we've got the monkey off our back, and now it's time to uh, really maybe start building towards a, a productive summer. Um yeah, looking at I mean, the, statistically, we are at or or better than almost everything they have, and you know, it, with the they're kind of at an opposite problem that most MLS teams that we face are at, in that Seattle Sounders are not in a good spot either, and they they have a lot of injuries, they have a lot of players out, and a lot of the players that. N- Tacoma normally would have are being called up to the Seattle team. So instead of stacking their team with first teamers uh, from the mothership, it's kind of had the opposite problem where all their players from Tacoma are are up filling in spaces for the mothership. So um, on paper, knock on wood, this should be a, a good game for us. Having said that, if there's one thing the switchbacks have done that we have seen week in and week out is they know how to play to the level of their competition. Um, we play bad games against bad teams and decent games against decent teams. So yeah, we uh, we tend to play down to the level uh, of our opponent, and that is that is something that needs to needs to stop. They, we need a we need a winning attitude going into every game. Um, the, the, our, our goal scorers should be licking their chops at the prospect of facing a team that's let in 40 plus goals. Or, yeah. it, it's just, I know we're going to be without Shane Malcolm cause he's, uh, currently serving with the Guam national team. Um, but we have a healthy Saeed Robinson. We've got, uh, Jordan Burt playing as a striker. We've got, I, I mean, Mike Seth should be should be almost guaranteed a goal against a defense like that. Yeah. Uh, we will see what happens, but I, I knock on wood, knock on particle board. Um, we should have, uh, we should have a heck of a game. Well, and the loss of shame Malcolm is going to hurt, but we will have the return of Cesar Romero. Um, and I, I would have to say if he was feeling down about his, about, you know, going from playing the playing on the best team in the Honduran Premier League to coming and playing for the switchbacks and, and kind of struggling. I think all of that is still better than the 11 nothing drubbing that his team got in the under 20 World Cup against uh, was it Norway? Where, yeah yeah where, where one guy scored nine goals. Um, so hopefully Caesar comes back uh, from what I've heard he's going to be returning on Friday. Um, so he, we may see him off the bench on Saturday night, um, and, and hopefully he can find some of that magic that he had f- the first time he uh, came came to visit us, and and maybe he might find a place in the, this new uh, uh, 
now that now that Twitch is doing a little less tinkering, maybe we can find, start finding some consistency. But the loss of Shane Malcolm is definitely going to be felt, and I don't think we're going to have him back until the end of the month. Um, he's got he's they're doing a uh, a home and home playoff series against uh, Bhutan for the uh, World Cup qualifiers, so it's not like he's going down for some meaningless friendlies this is all going to count so uh, very happy for him uh, Shane Malcolm still the only uh, the only switchback player that uh, has gone to play for the men's his country's senior team while being a member of the switchbacks um, Cesar Romero almost did that except he was with the under 20s um, so hopefully we can recover decently from that. Um, hopefully, some of the off some of the summer pickups that uh, Crookham was talking about come to fruition. Um, I don't know about you, but Gudetabe, uh, uh, um, I've really liked his play uh, as a center back. Um, been really impressed with him. The only bad thing about it is I keep thinking, man, if him and Jamal Jack were back there together, they would dominate. Yeah. They they were would dominate. And so, um, I mean, I think I think that in uh, in Jamal Jack's absence, that Chris Reeves has stepped up um, yes. tremendously. And I've seen some some of the most mind blowing tackles uh, that I've seen in USL play ever. Uh, coming from Chris Reeves this year. So as much as it hurts to be without Jamal Jack, I think we are still in better defensive shape than, than we have been in a while. Yeah. Okay, I've got a dumb question. I'm looking at this here. It, it says that Abdul Guadabaye has scored a goal this season. Has he? For us? Yeah. Is, I, I, I don't. No, it says he has <laughs> he has a head in the four games that he's played with us. He's had a headed goal. Um, I'm trying to think what what goal they could have credited to him with. We've yeah. only I'm, I'm going back through my uh, <laughs> going back through everything. And I, I, I honestly couldn't tell you. Yeah, I'm kind of looking too, and it's like, okay, we know we didn't get score in Fresno. We didn't score against Oklahoma City. Uh, I believe Burt scored the only goal against New Mexico. No, Mike Seth did. Uh, my didn't... my only thought is that maybe that they were they, because Mike Seth's goal was uh, was a pretty. Was was he with us against? Well, looking back, yeah, he was. Aside from Mike Seth's goal. Um, the last time we had a goal before that was uh, in Portland, and I believe Jamal Jack before was... Before his time. Yeah, before his time. So I wonder if someone was taken off our roster and they, instead of creating a new profile for him, schedule... I don't... Boy, I don't know. Maybe I have a special version of the USL's website and it's showing me the future. Uh, that's... We'll hope that that's it and that he's going to score a goal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my only thought is that, uh, the, the goal that we see credited, uh, to Mike Seth was somehow mistakenly granted to him. Boy, that is weird. I'm, I'm off to, off to email the team and see what their, uh, see what Cody thinks of that. Uh, Cody Costra, the, the communications, uh, uh, director of communications with the switchbacks and. Maybe he can tell us. I know he's he's mentioned some weird things about the uh, keeping about the player. Like for whatever reason, he can't put Abdul or uh, Abraham Rodriguez's uh, goal jersey of zero into the system. So if you go in to look at our roster, it says that his uh, jersey number is 99, because for whatever reason, it won't accept zero. It accepts zero from other teams, just just not from us. So. Clearly, uh, some East Coast bias there, <laughs> but um, but nonetheless, goodbye. I, I think has been a, a great addition, and um, um, I do believe he might be the first player we've had with a face tattoo. I think he's got a 
a teardrop under his eye or that might be a a birthmark i'm not sure i haven't really had a chance to get too much face time with him but um so yeah um that's going to be next week i i i Hopefully things are a bit more positive. Um, I know in, in Roland Vargas's uh, preview for this upcoming game, um, he talked again with with uh, um, Trichu about the negativeness and how his players are are um, trying to stay positive and trying not to trying to keep it about them. I know Nick had a pre uh, or halftime interview with Ryan Kaufman at the broadcast. And he made a point of saying that this team has one of the best character teams. Um, they have a lot of fight and spirit in them, you know, stuff that you, you kind of put under. Yeah. But it's not like you're going to say anything different. Like come out and say, God, this team, they, they suck. They have no leadership. You know, it's not like he's going to say that, but um, he says that there, his belief was that as, in teams of, of character, terms of character, that this team is is uh, really good. Um, in fact, when uh, when Trichu was in the article that that uh, Vargas posted, uh, when asked about the uptick in positive attitudes for the switchbacks over the week, head coach Trichu responded, "Their character, the character of these players, is what's kept us fighting. We're trying to keep it positive around here. There's been a lot of negativity around, but it's come from people who don't know our club and don't know these players." We've been trying to keep all the negativity out, and that's what we did before Fresno. Um, again, Steve, Mr. Trichu, I love you, dude. I mean, yeah, you made some weird coaching things, but I, you don't need to hate on us, you know? Well, and, and we, we just want to love you, man. Saying, saying we, there's a lot of negativity around, I'm sorry, you're in charge of a professional sports team <laughs> that's losing constantly. Fans are going to have a negative feeling about losing constantly. Like we're it's we're not, not here to try to hurt the players' feelings. We'd we'd like to we're we're here to diagnose and dive in and try to figure out what is making it tick and what's making it happen. It's not like you know this is the the ninety one ninety two Chicago Bulls and people are complaining that Scottie Pippen isn't getting enough points and Jordan is taking them all. You know, um, that we they're call it negativity, call it criticism, call it people commenting on what they actually see with their eyes. It's not. It, it's been the worst season that we've ever had. But man, we're fans. I don't know about we. We I, wouldn't. I, we wouldn't. I wouldn't do this to myself if I didn't care about the club. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I live and breathe switchbacks. They're 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 what I, they're they're my team. You know, I would much rather us win than lose. But even if they're losing, I'm not going to, you know. Um, go egg the front office i may you know when i'm down there trying to score free stickers off of them ask nick yo dude why are you guys sucking so much but i mean let's be <laughs> let's be real they're, they're negativity around this team this team and its fan base is very small uh media wise um not to say that we're illegitimate, me and you and what Mark does, um, but you know, there's like there there's there's Vinny, and Vinny is very positive in his his characterizations. I've read all his articles. Nowhere has it mentioned that Trichu's job is in trouble or Trichu's job has been in trouble. It's mentioned the difficulties in completing you know rosters and difficulties in. Uh, with with playing younger players and difficulties with injuries but that's not negativity that's just relaying facts saying that we haven't won a game in two months isn't negativity that's just reading a fact sheet <laughs> um so i don't know maybe the whole uh, you know the bunk time for the team to bunker down and think it's them against the world um Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's what they need. Um, maybe the negativity is coming from uh, the USL media. Maybe maybe Trichu wasn't happy with the fact that uh, the USL 
media side did a whole article on his prospective fate with the club and whether or not he should be fired. Um, but if there's a coach who wants to basically coach in a criticism-free environment, Colorado Springs is pretty much it because, you know, when when they're selling season tickets, no one's going to say, I'm not going to buy season tickets unless you fire Trichu. Um, and if there is, it's such a small minority that, you know, I, I can't, it's, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not us. It's not like, as I said before, I've been critical of him in the past, but it's the, I, I, I can't, I can't abide being, being considered negative about the team. And, and again, I, I can't, I can't, I can't abide a thought that Trichu actually listens to what we say. I, I don't, I, <laughs> I, I would think that, uh, our, our, uh, our reach is not that far, but who knows? Maybe I do. I do know that when Mark and I started this and we were on SoundCloud, it used to tell me, uh, different countries and regions where we had listeners and I had people listening in Croatia. So who knows? I, yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I, I've been told our numbers are, are not bad in, in what we've been reaching. Um, I, 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 the fact that Trichu is always one Trichu, uh, is not a fan of media period. Um, I've asked numerous times um, to get one-on-one time with Chuchu or to uh, uh, talk to him about see what exactly uh, you know where things went wrong uh, at some point, um, and I've been told, dude, that's just him. Don't worry about it. So I can't imagine him listening. Uh, I can imagine maybe some of the players listening when they're bored. Uh, I know for a fact that. Uh, that when we travel that the broadcast teams listen to us to uh, get an idea of where the fan base is um, and what the stories line are, are. so uh, hello to 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 our next um, away game commentators but uh, but yeah it's uh, you if you're listening man um, give me a call give me a text have Cody call me have Nick I mean, let's Let's get together, man, because uh, I dig you. I'm on the same page. The team is not doing enough to help out. The Rapids affiliation has not worked out the way it's supposed to be. And uh, he's unfairly becoming a face of a floundering, of a franchise whose leadership has de-incentivized winning. And, and I think that that's the most succinct way of putting it, that I, I can't even imagine the frustration of being a a professional coach, a former professional athlete himself, um, who is in an organization who does not seem to care about winning. Uh, it it just it boggles the mind, and yeah. I, I I feel I feel for the guy because that's not. I don't think anybody gets into coaching just to collect a paycheck. They they want to they want to build a winning legacy. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I hopefully uh, hopefully the the things that uh, um, that you talked about with that that uh, meeting with the the supporters group uh, board. Um, hopefully that you know once things settle down with the the new facilities hopefully that turns around hopefully they they get into a position where uh where winning can become a priority i just don't know that it's it's happening in the right order um yeah you you don't move into a bigger stadium with more seats with a worse team that draws less of a crowd yeah um really the 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 ideal the ideal chain of events would be uh deep playoff run or championship win the year before the stadium opens that that would be ideal let's absolutely hype everybody about it and then increase our seating how awesome would it have been if we had put forth 
the if they had the directive of we're going to do everything to win a championship championship is how we're going to attract people and can you imagine if say last year year before last when we had Luke Vercoloni who who was by and far the most popular well-known player on the team and then we get the stadium how cool would it have been to say that the new Widener field would have been the the field that Vercoloni built yeah you know I, absolutely and and I think they're I, I I think the Reagan the Reagans are looking at this strictly from a monetary standpoint and, and I don't think they've made a connection to we bad, we lose money. Um, uh, which, uh, <laughs> it should be pretty obvious that the product on the field is important to the uh, level of interest in the team. Yeah. Um, it, this isn't this isn't a, a casual sport. Um, you look at you look at a team like New Mexico, who had enough rabid supporters to drive, you know, 800 miles to go to a, a, an opposing team's stadium. That's not casual fandom. Yeah. That that's not casual. This is not a casual sport. This is not a uh, go watch the rookie league baseball game, sort of pay attention to the game and and chat and and spend money on concessions this is a man i don't want to i don't necessarily know if i can get in line for a beer because i want to be in my seat when the game starts the second half starts you know exactly and and i just i don't know that they have the the right mentality um to to draw people in yeah they've got they the first couple of seasons when we had a team that was uh, entertaining and exciting to watch whether we won or lost we were scoring goals that's the kind of thing that's going to put people in seats yeah and and then there's a lot of things too the marketing of this team is just in my opinion been totally done wrong um you know i follow new mexico a lot and granted they have a a rabid community but man the team fosters that community as best they can and they work hand in hand with their supporters groups to have unified messaging um you know it's it's uh you know it's it's little things too you know the the soccer community in general um it's it's june it's pride month and i know colorado springs is a a bastion of conservative thought um but i mean the rest of the usl uh championship league one league two mls um you know they're very big on on the pride thing you know changing their their logos on twitter to be the rainbow flag and all that and even if it's just token uh just token you know uh hey we're supporting here too um every conversation i've had with the team regarding that um has either ended in uh, being blown off or a, a loud argument. Um, it's but it's things like that. Soccer, soccer is not baseball. The fandom here isn't, you know, it's it's not the the 50 year old guys who are sitting keeping keeping their own box scores in in the stands and with their wives who are sitting with them reading a book. Um, it's it's going to be younger people. It's going to be millennials early gen xers you're going to have uh some of the older older crowds who are stationed in germany uh lots of ex-military who spent time overseas you know that's that's who it is that's who this is and that's who's going to be passionate and that's going to be who's who's going to be um you know uh uh i don't want to say hooligan because i don't that's not what we want but you know (laughs) You know, how cool would it be if you're down, you know, walking around downtown and, and you see someone mass stickering a, a light pole with switchback stickers? Or if we had a saying or seeing more switchbacks, bumper stickers on cars, you know, seeing a Bronco, yeah. seeing a Bronco sticker on a car. Yeah, um, I've seen more more Denver Mammoth, the, the lacrosse team in Denver. I've seen more Denver Mammoth merch and. 
uh, like logos on cars that I have seen switchbacks here in town. And man, that's just fucking lacrosse. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's upsetting. I, I, I went to one, one mammoth game in my life, uh, kind of as a joke with my, my sister-in-law and, and it also, all credit to the organization and the, and the sport, you know, great job making a professional lacrosse team. That was the trashiest sporting event I've ever been to. Indoor lacrosse is kind of fun to watch. Outdoor lacrosse, it's like, uh, it takes like the worst elements of hockey and the worst elements of soccer and the worst elements of football and puts it out there, you know? I just, uh, I don't know. I don't right. know. Before we get far too far down that rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> don't even get me started on cricket, man. Oh, oh gosh. Don't even get me started. Welcome to the back chat, back chat show where we insult every culture's favorite sport. Oh, I can I can uh, I can just see that we're going to get a text from Mark if he hears that. Don't you be bashing cricket. Cricket is the queen's sport. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. Settle down. Okay, simmer down now. So, um, yeah, anything we missed? I, I don't think so. Uh, we've we've got the uh, we've got Tacoma Defiance going to be in town. Uh, must dominate game. Can't even call it must win. Must dominate. Uh, this is this is the time to turn things around and get morale up and and score lots of goals and get people excited about soccer again. Yeah, well, let's put it this way: Should Tacoma win, we're back in last place. This conceivably could. I mean, if we this could be the toilet bowl. You know, there's the Super Bowl and the toilet bowl. This could be the toilet bowl game of the year. Um, if we win then it's two in a row and we don't even worry about the bottom of the table anymore. If we lose or tie, then we're right back to where we were last week. And um, then we're having, you know, Trichu's, you know, blood pressure going up about negativity and um, him having to punch a reporter and and just, just, (laughs) just, you know, bad stuff. So, we, this is a must-win. Uh, people show out for it. It's the uh, Star Wars game, um, which I'm sure is perfectly licensed from Disney, um, and is definitely on the up and up. Uh, the, this game has been the one that's replaced the the pink jersey games. Um, they're auctioning off R2D2 jerseys uh, that are worn for the pregame. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to buy one because I am broke as a joke, my friend. So if anyone's looking for any Christmas presents for, for Jason, um, I don't care who a player, but I'd love to have one of those R2-D2 jerseys. Um, <laughs> uh, but uh, they're going to have the R2-D2 warm-up jerseys uh, auctioned off. They're on sale. They're auctions beginning all right now. I think most of the, the buyout is $300 with opening bids starting at 100 which honestly isn't bad. Um, seeing as just a plain jersey is 80 bucks. Um, Star Wars game, so uh, if you want to, I'm sure they're going to have costumed characters there. Uh, with you know, so expect to see stormtroopers and Jedi. I'm debating putting back on my Jedi robes and getting out my lightsaber and um, picking a fight with someone in the stands. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, I haven't really done my Jedi training this off season. I'm kind of, the force is not with me, but, uh, it sounds like it'll be a fun game. Weather should be good. So let's show up. Let's, uh, let's support the team. Let's, uh, be loud and, and proud and let's get June going and, uh, one win at a time. Absolutely. Anything else to add? Uh, nothing at all. Go switchbacks. Woo! I like positivity. Give positivity. Do a goal. Do a goal. Do two this time. Do, do more than one. Yeah. Do a plethora of goals. Do some goals. Yep. 
Um, I want to thank our give a shout out thanks to our sponsors, Golden Gold Press, the best choice to get your custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items just for yourself, or your organization. Uh, we can you could check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at Golden Gold Press. Uh, if I remember looking there, there's like no minimums, nothing like that. So if you happen to run a little you know podcast like Back Chat, actually thinking about getting us you know some hats or something to wear so we actually look semi-professional anyway the heck out of a back chat hat yeah um also like to give a shout out to roughneck scarves uh another official sponsor and of uh uh the official the official scarf supplier of mls usl us soccer you can get your custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com um we are as always are on the beautiful game network bgn FM, along with just about every American soccer podcast you can comprehend. Um, that's all from us. Let's have a good week. Let's get a win. My name is Jason. I'm Paul. And, man, we will talk to you later. Do a goal. Do a goal. <laughs> <laughs>